You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Tuesday, March the 29th of 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day, Monday to Friday, each and every day. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in, as I mentioned. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I had mentioned that today was going to be a crossover day with either Jeff Carr or Paul Holden because I'm on spring break. But then, you know what? I figured... Albert Pujols at his press conference. I had some more thoughts on Albert, especially after his press conference yesterday, the official introduction of the machine returning to St. Louis. So I figure I'd do one more of these uh, live recordings here from spring break down in Nashville. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, do apologize that my my face isn't on there, but thanks for tuning in nonetheless. So tomorrow we'll be getting back to crossovers, but today we're going to give a little bit more thought to Albert Pujols. Because he is back, officially. And today we're going to kind of answer the question or talk about the question. Was this move more ceremonial? Or was it was it legit trying to win a baseball game? Or a baseball championship? Was it ceremonial or was it actually trying to improve the team? And yesterday we talked a lot about the baseball sense. Uh, the baseball sense of the move. The, the positives. The, the slight negatives of it. And overall, I think what what I came to the conclusion to and what most of the Cardinal fans and Cardinal Twitter and baseball people have come to the the conclusion to is that, yes, the nostalgia, the emotion side of of the move is a positive, is a win, is 100% what we needed to see, right? Now, there is the question, and I talked about this yesterday, does this move make baseball sense? And I think at the end of the day, based on how the rest of the offseason played out, this, this move did indeed make baseball sense. You're only getting them for $2.5 million. You're probably going to make that up in ticket sales alone, as I'm sure plenty of people decided to go out and buy uh, opening day tickets, especially with opening day this year being at St. Louis next Thursday. So the money side makes sense of it. You're going to have a, a solid option off the bench. I think he had above 300 as a pinch hitter last year. You're going to get somebody that can hit left-handed pitching extremely well, as I mentioned. Uh, hit 294 against left-handed pitching last year. 13 of his 17 home runs came against southpaws. So you're going to get somebody that, that has success there. It's going to be, in my opinion, a good baseball move. But the, the, the question I want to raise today, was this move purely ceremonial? Was it just to get Albert back to St. Louis? Was it just to get him... Um, back in Cardinal Red for one last ride and ju- just just the ticket sales aspect. And I, I say no. I say no based on what Albert had to say, based on the mo- the points I made yesterday as well as today. And again, I kind of summarized the points that I made yesterday in terms of the baseball sense and improving this team. But this is more than ceremonial simply because if it wasn't, if, if it was just ceremonial or the idea, then it wouldn't have been made. John Mozeliak, Bill DeWitt Jr., Albert, Ali Marmol all said that this is what they want to win. Like they, they want to win the championship. Ali Marmol outright said that this is more than just about Albert Pujols coming back to St. Louis. It's about Albert Pujols helping us to win a championship. Period. Especially when you throw into the fact, you throw into the mold, the variable you want to add into it, is that there's that extra playoff spot this year because of these expanded playoffs. You're going to have 12 teams, six from each league, so make the playoffs, and as Cardinal fans know, and as Albert Pujols knows, 
very well. If you make it to October, anything can happen. Do the Cardinals need to add some pitching? Maybe, but they have added pitching. But they improved this team with the Albert Pujols signing. I think it's going to not... I mentioned this point yesterday. I don't think it's just going to re-energize Albert Pujols. Or I, I said that it's going to re-energize him yesterday. Today, I kind of want to expand on that. I think it's going to re-energize Yadier Molina. I mean, Albert called Yadi his little brother yesterday in, in the press conference. Mentioned that he had... Uh, that Yadi had woken Albert up at 6 a.m. being so excited that... that you know, they're going to rejoin together. And Yadi has talked about on social media as well as reporters quoting him that they want to win another championship together. And the Cardinal standard is competing for championships, being at that level. You know, I understand they haven't made a National League Championship Series since 2019. In 2020, they were knocked out in the first round. And in 2021, they lost in the wild card game. But like I said, if this wasn't ceremonial, it wouldn't have been made. Look at the moves this offseason. Even though we might have not have had... The splash that we thought the Cardinals were going to get, maybe until Albert. You could call Albert Pujols a splash, right? Maybe not the Sean Mania, Trevor Story, Kyle Schwarber type splash you were expecting. But you can definitely call Albert Pujols' move a splash. But every move has served a purpose. They needed pitching depth because they didn't like how their pitching stood up last year. They signed all these pitchers, Verhagen, Whitgren, Brooks, McAllister. And now they're all going to play a part in the Major League roster because, as we see every year, injuries happen. Verhagen's going to start, I believe, on Thursday of this week. So that move had a purpose. The Cardinals needed a left-handed bat. Who did they sign? Corey Dickerson. Every move this season has had a purpose to improving this team. So Albert Pujols is no different. Yes, you have the the baseball or the 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 nostalgia, the emotional side of it, the seeing him in Cardinal red once again. You have all of that, but he. If it wasn't going to improve the team to make this team better, that wouldn't have been made. And I'm not saying the Cardinals are a perfect organization that never makes a wrong move, that has never made a move that doesn't improve the team. I'm not saying that. But this offseason, despite not it being a flashy offseason, they didn't spend, you know, billions and millions and millions of dollars. They spent money on mats and a little chump change on other pitchers. But every move has had a purpose. It wasn't just throwing money at problems. Also, Albert Pujols wants to win. There's a reason he went to L.A. last year. Or, excuse me. There's a reason he went to the Dodgers last year. He was already in L.A. technically. But there's a reason he went to the Dodgers last year. Because at that time, they were the team most likely to win a championship. And they needed help against what? Left-handed pitching. And you could argue, especially with Corey Dickerson being the likelihood for D.H. And with nobody really lighting it up in spring. That that's the, one of the, that was one of the Cardinals' bigger needs from the D.H. spot. Somebody that could hit left-handed pitching. And that is exactly what Albert brings to the table. He wants to win. This isn't somebody just trying to close out his career just by going home. I'll compare him to a, somebody like that in just a little bit. This move makes the team better. Armal wouldn't have been so on board if it wasn't about winning. He wants to win badly. Albert wants to win badly. Molina wants to win badly. Wainwright wants to win badly. Talk about him in a bit, too. And I understand a lot of people want to win. This is not just an easy thing that anybody can do. I get that. But I think with all this combined, all of these things combined, that this move is it is not simply just ceremonial. You have all these other aspects involved in it that make this move a move to improve the team. And another 
part of this as well, and Albert kind of joked about it. Uh, there was a question asked about his workout routine. How does he stay ready? And he said, well, I've been working out, as you can see, because he looks great. I mentioned yesterday Hector Gomez tweeting out uh, videos and pictures of him hitting batting practice with Edwin Encarnacion, him being Albert, uh, Albert Encarnacion hitting some batting practice. And Albert looks really good. He looks better than he did last year. Then I understand Wade's going to get gained throughout the season. I know that's a, a tactic Yadier Molina uses to come in really slim because he knows he's going to put it on throughout the season. But I think, you know, for being 42 years old, he looks great. He has a motivating factor to win. It's going to it, it, it already has re-energized the fan base. And I know that I've seen on Twitter some fans outright say, I know this isn't a good baseball move, but I'm just excited. And I think that there's somewhere in between there and this is a perfect baseball move. Because this is, is this a perfect baseball move? Maybe not, but it's a good one, right? And combined with everything, it's not just the statistics. It's, it's the name. It's the meaning behind the name. It's all of that. I've talked about that a lot. You can listen to late yesterday's show for more on that aspect of it. But it's going to re-energize those three names that I've talked about, Wainwright and Molina. And I think it's going to re-energize the rest of the team. It's a great move. This guy knows how to win. Yeah, it's been probably 10 years since he's won (laughs) with his uh, tenure in Anaheim. But this is a good move. This is not just a ceremonial move. I saw somebody with a take that this means that they're punting on the 2022 season. That's an incorrect take as well. I'm not trying to just throw shade. I truly forget where I saw that at and what article wrote that. Uh, so if someone wants to point that out to me, we're more than happy to, to look that up and give them credit for that take. Um, but the, this, this move is one that I think, and I've talked about it a lot, makes sense makes a little bit of baseball sense, makes a lot of nostalgia sense, and because of that that's that first fact, it makes baseball sense, it is not purely ceremonial. Are there ceremonial aspects to it? Absolutely. It's Albert coming back to St. Louis for one more ride. Talk about retirement here in a minute. So there are ceremonial aspects to it, but it is not purely ceremonial. There's going to be production involved in this. He's going to make this team better. He's going to energize the fan base. And I would, I would not want to face Albert and Cardinal Red again when he goes in for one last ride. Because he said yesterday that this is it. The 2022 season is his last. It's his last ride. So retirement is a funny thing. And because he has already announced it's his one last ride, maybe you think, okay, ceremonial, that's it. That's all they're doing. But again, I'll bring up some points why I do not think that is the case. Talk about retirement here coming up in segment number two. But first, I want to tell you about our next partner that has an incredible product that is called Athletic Greens. So we might be wondering, what is an Athletic Green? It is one, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It's healthy. It's a lifestyle-friendly supplement. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good and supports better sleep quality, which is why I love it, and recovers, supports mental clarity and alertness, and it's the one thing with the best things. 
Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with con- constant product literations with third-party testing. But just because it's super healthy doesn't mean it's not affordable. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself because you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop into a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements and to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. That is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's still hard to believe, at least in my opinion, it's still hard to believe that Albert is back. Last home run he hit as a Cardinal, uh, including the postseason, was his historic third home run in Game 3 of the 2011 World Series. That seems both like yesterday and ages ago all at the same time because time is a funny thing. But nevertheless, Albert is indeed back. And he has said outright that this is his final year. This is it. Um, press conference yesterday in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, 305, I think, is is when it started. Uh, Albert was, was, was asked about that, and he said um, he called 2022 his last run. That was right after he called uh, Yadier Molina his little brother. Um, one last run for Albert. One last run. Leaving it all on the field. He said that he might get energized and play some winter ball, uh, but in terms of a major league uniform, this is the last major league uniform that he will wear. He also said that he felt like he never left St. Louis uh, because of his Pujols family foundation, the work he did here off the field. His impact in St. Louis is so much more than the baseball field. And I know a lot of people say that about their franchise superstars. A lot of teams can say that about their franchise superstars. But, oh my goodness, does it rain true for Albert Pujols? Is it 100% true for Albert Pujols or what? Because Albert is somebody that has impacted the community on a bunch of different levels. And just because he retires does not mean his impact will stop. But he has said, as I mentioned, that this is his last year. Because retirement is a funny thing. We just saw Tom Brady come back out of retirement, I think, after like 40 or 50 days or something like that. I don't see Albert doing that, despite them being somewhat close in age. So I think that, you know, I'll take Albert for his word that this is his last year, um, last run that he wants to win a championship in St. Louis. And when I started thinking about people that are coming home, uh, coming back to the team that they came up with, um, Hall of Fame caliber players, likely first ballot Hall of Famers, I thought of Ken Griffey Jr. Because Ken Ken Griffey Jr. left Seattle after the 1999 season in a trade to the Cincinnati Reds in an effort to return home. And his tenure in Cincinnati was nowhere near as dominant as it was in Seattle. Because in 13 years in Seattle, he hit 292, 374 on base, slugged 553 at an OPS of 927, and he hit 417 home runs. In nine years in Cincinnati, 210 home runs, hit 270, had an on base of 362, and slugged 514 for an OPS of 876. 
he still had an OPS of above average. His OPS plus in Cincinnati was 122. So it's not like he fell completely off the table. But he was in Cincinnati, or excuse me, he was in Seattle from 89 to 99. And then Cincinnati from 2000 all the way up until partway through the 2008 season. Played with the White Sox for 41 games and then two years with Seattle. Now, I don't recall if Ken Griffey Jr. in 2009, when he came home, said that that would be his final year ever. Because he did play 33 games, as I mentioned, in 2010 as a 40-year-old. But that's a very similar track to what Albert did. Played 10-some-odd years with one team. Left somewhere else. Got traded midway through a season. And then went back. But when Ken Griffey Jr. went back, it wasn't... At least from, from looking back at it in hindsight, it wasn't necessarily to go win another championship. Because, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. played 117 games in 2009. He hit 214, but had an on-base of 324. He did slug 411 for an OPS of 735, so not terrible. He hit 19 home runs, also 19 doubles. Not terrible. But when you look at the Mariner 2009 season, they were just 85-77 and 77 and third in the AL West. And although Ken Griffey Jr. only played 33 games with Seattle in 2010... In 2010, they finished 61 and 101 for fourth in the AL West. They had two different managers that year: Don Wakamatsu, who was 42 and 70, and Darren Brown, who was 19 and 31. I bring up Ken Griffey Jr. not just because it's random, which I admit it kind of is, but it follows a very similar career path as Albert Pujols. But it's a different one because Albert, I think, is still trying to win. And I'm not saying Ken Griffey Jr. didn't want to win when he came back home to Seattle. But from the outside perspective, looking back on it, that seemed like a very much more ceremonial move just to have Ken Griffey Jr. end his career in Seattle, which was right, which is what he needed to do. I still think of Ken Griffey Jr. as a or excuse me, as a Seattle Mariner. I honestly do. I think a lot of people, even when he was in Anaheim and LA, people still thought of Albert as a Cardinal. And now he's coming home to be a Cardinal. But the reason I think it's different. It's because of the types of teams they're coming back to. The Mariners had an incredible run in the late 90s, early 2000s, especially when um, when Ken Griffey Jr. was there, clearly. And then Ichiro was there in the early 2000s. They had a little bit of success. And then they haven't made the playoffs since 2001, I believe, which was one of the best teams ever. But the Cardinals are a little bit different of a franchise than the Seattle Mariners. They've made the playoffs a ton since the start of the century. I believe their only losing season was 2007. Won a couple World Series championships, been to another. Went to four or five straight NLCSs from 11 to 15. That's four. Correction, that's five. So Albert's coming back to a very, very successful franchise. And this franchise does not make moves just for the hell of it. If they wanted to make moves just for the hell of it and just to have people just simply... To have people come home to return to, to end their careers in the uniform that they started in, then they would have re-signed Matt Carpenter. Because he is somebody that a lot of people can think, and I can understand this thought process, should end his career in a Cardinal uniform because of who he is and, and his meaning to St. Louis Cardinal. Like, again, I'm not trying to, to put Matt Carpenter on the same pedestal as as Albert Pujols, but the... Uh, the sentiment is there. I think that the, the comparison is there. It's just an example of why the Cardinals don't make moves simply to make moves. Albert came back and is coming back to win. 
He's not going to play 140, 150 games. He's coming back to win. Yeah, I think he wants the chance to chase 700. I do. I don't think he's going to get there. It's going to be a long shot. He hit 17 home runs last year. He needs 21. So we'll see. Go, but can you imagine his first one? That's going to be fun to watch. Fun one to watch. But with Albert going out, and this he says he's going out, I think he wants to go out on top. I think, you know, even though Tony, Tony La Russa came back, he wants to go out like La Russa did with the Cardinals, on top as a champion. I mentioned yesterday that this was going to be his last run with Yachty and Wainwright. My apologies. Adam Wainwright has actually not said that he's retiring. And even yesterday, um, and to a pool of reporters, said that people keep trying to retire me. I'm not ready to cross that bridge yet. So maybe this isn't necessarily it for Wainwright. You know what? He he has, I think, I agree with him, that, that first part of that quote. I think people have tried to retire him for a number of years, myself included. I think even after 2018, I was like, man, might be time to, to call it quits, Wainwright. But then he goes out, somewhat impresses in 19, especially in the playoffs. Goes out and pretty much dominates in 2021. Or 2020, excuse me, in the shortened season, is an ace for the staff, or an anchor for the staff, and then goes out in 2021 and is the ace for the staff for a long portion of the year, even as a 39 year old. So maybe Wainwright isn't done. And if he's not done, who knows how long I'll keep playing, but he is also somebody that needs to finish his career in a Cardinal uniform, and I'm just not sure the Cardinals are going to have room in a rotation for him next year. But retirement is indeed a funny thing. Because in sports, does somebody ever truly retire? Because even after they retire, a lot of people go into coaching, go into broadcasting. Wainwright has a future in broadcasting. So I did think that that was an interesting note that I did want to share today before I got too deep into it. I know I'm 20 minutes into the podcast today. But those are my thoughts on Albert and a little bit on Wainwright. Why this move is not purely ceremonial. I said the quote yesterday, you throw in the nostalgia, you throw in the bringing him back, you, you, you dash in a little bit of baseball sense that makes this a good move. It makes it a winning move. This is a team that wants to win. This is a team that is going to win. They've won a lot in spring training. I know that those games don't mean anything to a lot of people. They've had a somewhat successful spring training. So to close out the show, we're going to talk about spring training. We're going to give a little bit of an update, some good, some bad, and some news and notes. So that coming up in just a moment after a word from our lovely sponsors. It's hard to believe that we have uh, a little bit of time left for opening day. It's getting slimmer and slimmer. This opening day is uh, Thursday, so uh, nine, ten days away, depending on how you count it. But the Cardinals now sit at five and four in spring. They're off today. They play tomorrow against Washington um, in West Palm Beach. Miles um, Michaelis set to get the start there. Um, it's going to be on MLB.com, uh, but it also will be on the radio. But I'm not sure if we'll be able to watch it. And then the Cardinals will be at Roger Dean Stadium as the visiting team on Thursday against Miami. Uh, Drew Verhagen expected to get the start. That will be televised on Bally Sportsman West. And then on Friday, uh, there will also be at Roger Dean Stadium against the Mets. No news yet on who's starting that game. That will be on Bally Sports TV according to MLB.com. And then they're at Houston 
on Saturday. No starters announced yet as well. And then they're off on Sunday the 3rd before two more games in spring training against Washington and Miami. But spring training has been going overall pretty well. Yes, spring training games, I understand it might not matter to a lot of different people, but it's good to see what's going on and to keep an eye on what's going on. And I want to start with, with kind of a positive, and that would be Steven Matz as he got lit up against the Miami Marlins on Saturday as his final line concluded with a 1.2 innings pitched, seven hits, six runs, all of them earned, struck out three, and he did give up one home run. Uh, he threw 54 pitches, 34 for strikes, so he was indeed in the strike zone. But a six spot in the first, Cardinals only able to muster up six hits, uh, one or two of those being extra base hits, one Dickerson, um, was a double, and then Goldsmith had his second home run of the spring. Um, so Matt's not somebody that I'm overly worried about uh, when I when I look at his overall repertoire. Like I said, when he if he's going to be able to keep the ball on the ground, he is going to be just fine with that defense behind him. I I do you know I don't worry about it really at all. Um, I mean he had a, a pretty solid outing against the Nationals uh, five days ago on the 21st, so he'll probably start on the 31st, um, if I had to guess, of, of March, uh, which would be Thursday. So Matt's looked for a Matt's start on Thursday if they're trying to go five days. Uh, Wainwright was pretty solid yesterday against the Houston Astros as we continue the, the update here. I mean, Adam Wainwright, like, like I said in segment number two, it, it's almost hard to bet against him at this point. He gave up two home runs yesterday against the the Houston Astros. So the Cardinals lost that game 2-1. to one. Uh, Five innings for Wainwright. Struck out three. Didn't walk a batter. As I mentioned, the two home runs uh, were given up. 64 pitches, 47 for strikes. The two home runs, one by Michael Brantley, one by Jordan Alvarez. I know Brett Chancey and Eric Heisman are very excited over at Locked on Astros for those home runs. Uh, so head over to Locked on Astros if you want to learn more about the Astros. But Wainwright was solid, and then the bullpen yesterday was just phenomenal in, in their outing. Jordan Hicks looked solid. John Denton once again pointing out on uh, Twitter that he's lowering his velocity to try and be more of a durable pitcher. Um, he walked one, struck out two in a scoreless inning. Ryan Helsley gave up, gave up a couple hits but was scoreless and got a strikeout. Whitgren had a scoreless inning with a strikeout. Giovanni Gallegos gave up two hits and a scoreless inning but also struck out two. So this bullpen has a chance to be pretty solid. Um, and you go back even, you know, the, the Mets game when the Cardinals lost 7-3, to had a little bit of struggle with Dakota Hudson and Matthew Liebertor, but Jake Woodford threw three solid innings, gave up a run, walked one, struck out one, gave up five hits. Um, but I, I think this bullpen is going to be solid. I really do. Because even you, you look at the Mets start, he gave up six runs, and then behind him, um, Thompson got a, got an out. Johan Oviedo was just option. He gave up two runs in two and two-thirds of an inning. Junior Fernandez, who I understand also was just option, pitched an inning and a third of scoreless baseball. Gallegos, another scoreless inning. Cody Whitley, a scoreless inning with a hit and two strikeouts. And Thomas Walsh with a, a scoreless inning, a hit and two strikeouts as well. I really do think that this bullpen is going to be solid. I really, really do. Like high hopes for the bullpen as well as the rotation. I'm very open about that. Last update I'll talk about because it, it pertains to Albert. Albert's taking somebody's spot. We've talked about we talked about this yesterday. He's taking somebody's. It's likely going to be Juan Yepes. But Juan Yepes is still looking for places to play. Because in yesterday's game, he was supposed to be the designated hitter, and he ended up being uh, the left fielder, as Tyler O'Neill ended up being the, the starting DH instead. Yepes went one for three. Uh, he hasn't, like I said, hasn't overall impressed this spring, just 211, um, the, the batting average for Yepes. Uh, but he is the one that had 
an RBI double in the bottom of the fifth, scoring Paul DeYoung. And it was his first double of the spring. Trying to make him more versatile, give him more options to play. He played left field, as I mentioned yesterday, played the entire game. Um, Tyler O'Neill, 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. He has not looked good this spring, but I'm still positive about him. But Yepes is still looking for places to play. The Cardinals still want him to have opportunities to play. Because even though Albert might be taking his spot, that kid is still a hitter and he is still going to perform at the major league level uh, just like very soon, if I were, were to guess, because he put up some numbers at the minor league level last year. So that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform. Next couple shows have been pre-recorded for you guys. Unless more breaking news starts, then we'll do the same thing we've done the last two days. Um, regular programming on your podcasting platform. A little opener from me on your YouTube channel and then uh, me over audio overlaying a, an image of Locked on Cardinals on the YouTube channel. So, But otherwise, if there's no breaking news, we will have crossovers with Paul Holden and Jeff Carr. Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies and Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds. It's going to be a good week regardless of what happens. It's it's still hard to believe that Albert Pujols is back, but just kind of to close out the show, I want to say one more time that this is a winning move. This is not just ceremonial. Albert wants to win. Again, not expecting 35 home runs or for him to perform like he did when he was a Cardinal the last time. But he's going to put up solid numbers. He makes this team better. It's a good, positive move. It is not just ceremonial. So be sure to go head over to listen to Locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan. But please be sure to call him Sully. Make him your second listen of the day. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day. And until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.